Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. You know, most people who know me know I'm really private and I rarely share anything about my private life on, on social channels. But if you go to my Instagram today, you'll see a picture of me age six and my very specific advice to my younger self about a career, finding a voice and really being content with myself. Uh, the reason I did this was I was invited to do so by a campaign called Inspiring Girls. And it's part of an international movement that very specifically speaks to young women. And it, it was so terrific. It really caught my attention and I think it's going to take off in a big way and we want to invite all of you to jump on the campaign as well. It's We're on the run-up to International Day of the Girl. That happens 11th of October and the Singapore arm of Inspiring Girls, that's a charity that gives girls all around the world access to female role models has launched this terrific new month-long global campaign to support the development of women and children of course. The campaign asks women to post pictures of themselves as a little girl and reflect on their ambitions or share advice they'd give to their younger self. Joining me now is chair of this terrific campaign. It's called Hashtag This Little Girl Is Me, Jacqueline Chua joining us. How are you, Jacqueline? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really honoured and I'm very, very stoked about the campaign success in Singapore. So yes. I saw Indrani Raja make a yeah. post on LinkedIn that had 4,000 likes. That's really, t- right? Wasn't that amazing? Yeah. It was very cool. Um, when we, when we, when we had this campaign, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit of background. International, uh, Inspiring Girls is an international um, brand and campaign. Um, it focuses on young girls aged 11 to 16 years old. Because it's during this time that we have our first dreams, our first ambitions, and they are probably the first true ambitions uh, that really speaks up to us. And it will be probably smoldered, suppressed, uh, override by parents, upbringing, society's peers, and probably come back around somewhere in some semblance during our tertiary education or during our career or maybe when we have midlife crisis. So the that's that's in context of a developed country. Mm-hmm. But in an emerging market, like places where schools are not available, where gender bias is very, very, uh, very high, and uh, girls don't get to go to school, they, they are really suppressed. So Inspiring Girls Movement came about because we want to um, help young girls dream and also to help them understand that they can be who they want to be. So um, this was founded by Miriam Gonzalez Durante, who is the founder and chair. She's based out in UK, and she's a real super high flyer, amazing lady, totally inspired by her. And I'm very, very, very happy to be the country chair for Singapore. Amazing. I'm glad you mentioned Miriam Durantes. You know, she deserves props and credit. I mean, she's advisor for international trade, EU affairs, head of trade practice, vice chair, board, UBS, ESE, Stanford University. Um, and, and amidst all that, you know, I, when I posted my little Instagram post, I was amazed to see her say thank you, Michelle 
for you know coming mm-hmm. on our campaign. So she has time to reach out and and still oversee this campaign to some extent. I mean, to to still have that personal connection with people who are coming on. I thought that was amazing. Now you know you mentioned something I want to pick up on and unpack a little, Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. You know you, the reason why you have women reflect on their first ambitions. So powerful mm-hmm. what you said just there. What are some of the reasons why that gets quashed, do you think? So why reach out to younger girls? I can't say so much in the context outside Singapore, but I can relate this to myself. Mm. Uh, we are in a very high-pressure environment in the Singapore education system. It has done us a lot of good in terms of academic achievements. However, the expectations of uh, traditional roles, like a lawyer, doctor, Uh, or a profession that is deemed uh, suitable um, still weighs very heavily at the back of everyone's mind. And maybe for me, um, at a generation where I'm at the the time when um, Singapore was just uh, moving out of independence into a state of stability, these were very critical um, uh, jobs that need to support the economy. As we got really focused on academic, we got you know, we got caught up with the so-called red race and the acquisition of materialism. It's not right or wrong, but the problem is is that many had to forego what they truly could do mm. uh, in order to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so my respect always goes out to yourselves, you know, who chose uh, a career in media, in arts, in, in nurse, uh, those who are nursing, those who are teachers especially, and those who are homemakers because mothers make the best teachers. Mm. And um, for me, um, my, my, my expecta- I was expected to work um, I had the traditional thing, if you cannot be a lawyer, doctor or accountant, work in a bank. So I'm a banker. <laughs> Quite okay, pathetic, but what, but was your, what was your little girl's dream for herself? I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, I see. <laughs> and did you do any lecturing along the way, Jacqueline? No, I'm, I do a lot of mentoring. Okay, I'm also wonderful. the president of Financial Women's Association. I've been with the, I have been part of the association for the last 20 years. Oh. We have an amazing mentoring program and I'm constantly giving back by sharing my experiences in finance to younger women. That is wonderful to hear. Much needed. I think 8 out of 10 of the guests that I have on my show, movers and shakers in the finance world, seem to be men. So I'd like to see some change there. What do you think? Do you think finance is still a man's world? Well, actually, it's never really been a man's world. <laughs> In Singapore, um, the finance industry has always been equal. Um, we Always, Singapore has always been a place of meritocracy, especially in the finance industry. In my time, in my world growing up, uh, especially starting um, banking in the 90s, I had a lot of women role models. Um, So I know that uh, the banking sector was contributed equally. However, the problem here is that uh, women are not moving up to the management level and making a difference because Mm. there are a lot of pressures of work life children, um, elderly to care for, and maybe, you know, just burn out because it is not so easy to juggle in today's world compared to probably in the 80s or 90s. And uh, I think women have more um, bandwidth or more choices to choose not to climb up the ladder. So um, both inspiring girls as as well as um, FWA to be honest, Mm. are all about role modeling. It's about advocating that women should step up and just 
speak up because my generation tries very hard to be low profile because we really don't want to be seen as a dragon lady. Yes, yes. But we need to reinvent ourselves. It's okay to be soft. It's okay to to show our vulnerability because by being vulnerable, you're authentic. So I'm glad in today's world, the authentic leadership uh, theme is very strong and it's received positively. I think if we had to see it in the 80s, I don't think it would have been well received. But I, I pay tribute to all the women in banking who are uh, who were the the super iron lady who made it through the banking sector, made it made it good and built this economy. So um, there's a lot to learn from them as well. Absolutely. Now, what do you say to women? We talk about women investing on the show a lot, and uh, you know, a lot of women want to know the fundamentals of taking charge of their money. What do you say to women about really, you know, um, stewarding their their wealth, their money, taking care of it and on investing. Yeah. You know, we always hear women lag in terms of mm-hmm. uh, jumping into the investment market compared to men. Do you agree? Well, um, I have also been an advocate on financial literacy. So recently on the on the symposium on Saturday with City SMU uh, Financial Literacy Symposium, shout out to the SMU students who actually made this happen. Mm. And also on CPF podcast, I say the same. Women who are uh, women in Singapore are very intelligent. We all basically have a, either a poly degree diploma or degree, we are in professions that um, other women in other countries would would desire. But the problem for us is that our system has forced us to be very academically inclined. We did a survey. So FWA did a survey on professional women in finance. Mm. And we found that the the adequacy of financial literacy was very low. And a lot of them are actually very good at their job, but do not extend it beyond their job. So it's actually not a matter of intelligence or competency. It's a matter of confidence. So it goes back to then where I am in Inspiring Girls is that we should nationalize financial literacy Absolutely. as part of a program like yes. a CCE. Yes. I know MOE will say, oh, you know how much work it is and all that. But reality is that we have to because they need to learn the terms so that they are not intimidated. Yes. We we cannot do a reactive approach where we depend on a financial planner or a banker like me or or a, a insurance person because all of us do it for a job and we will get commission. We are buyers. We will sell a we will sell an investment deal, but you need to make an informed decision. And how do you do that? You need to have the the wisdom and the application of the knowledge first before you make an informed decision. And that's where I see that the risk mitigation from a compliance perspective on investing reduces. You know, we do, compliance people don't have to do so much work of, of, of ring fencing all the investment uh, outlooks and investment products because we have a little bit more savvier and knowledgeable people who apply it for the right investment, for the right purpose, for the right needs. So I think it's a whole gamut of things. But back to kids, I mean, start with deposit. They don't even know how to save. Do you remember opening your first <laughs> a bank account? Yes, and a bank book and a little piggy bank. With the chop, the chop, chop yes. at the bank. <laughs> but today, all kids are using tap cards. You know, they oh, tap. They do? Oh. they do. Yes, they don't hold cash. They they have this little card. They tap at the at the canteen, 
or uh, you know they 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 don't know what is savings because it's a tap card. MRT card is a tap card also. It's Everything very slippery. Is this concept of money then, right? And it's it's hard to keep and, track of. And and lo and behold, today mm-hmm. we have cryptocurrency. How right. do you how do you teach your child the use of cryptocurrency, which will be a f- the future common currency in twenty years time you or ten years that? time? Do, do you think it's bank issued mm-hmm. currencies that will be the focus, or cryptocurrencies that we're seeing now? I have no, I do not know. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about crypto, honestly. I'm as clueless as 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 anyone, and I'm learning because yes. I know that um, I'm doing it. I'm, I I see it as an asset allocation. As mm. part of a, it's part of cash, but a lot of people don't understand crypto and they try to make a big punt, quick buck out, yep. yeah, punt out of it, Mm-mm. and it's life savings. But they don't understand what is asset allocation. They don't want to learn the hard way that you know everything needs to be planned out. There is a a planned approach to investing. Yes. So I think it's very hard to teach the adults because there's so many things that's going on the upbringing and everything. So. This inspiring girls goes back to the point where we need to start at the early intervention rather than react and neg- be negative. Let's go pro positive and proactive. Let's let's try and 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 preempt all this. Try and give them the tools. I know it's a big tall order. It's very altruistic, but. I think we are are in the right place in this country. (laughs) She's chair of the hashtag This Little Girl Is Me campaign in (laughs) Singapore. Jacqueline, before we let you go, can you share a piece of advice perhaps to little girls out there who want to be an iron lady in finance? (laughs) Don't give up. Even if you think you're not very good with your numbers or math or or sciences, um, it's going to be okay. You just need to persevere and, and just... Make sure that you keep your eyes open, read a lot, not read the books, read Google, understand finance, watch Channel News Asia or listen to Money FM if you're on the road, most importantly. If you really want to be in finance, you have to, you have to learn the terminologies and the lingo. You really have to love it. Well said, Jacqueline. Thank you. And we wish you all the best with this campaign. I think it's really taking off. Thank you. She's chair of the hashtag This Little Girl Is Me campaigns. As simple as that, you know, jump on your Facebook or your Instagram, pick out a photo of yourself when you were younger, perhaps, and share the advice and the dreams that you had back then and some advice to your younger self. And then tag This Little Girl Is Me. You can find out more on the Internet for sure. Thanks for joining me here on Your Money. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.